Welcome to the RC Plane Lab Podcast. I'm Ron. And I'm Tom. This week we're going to be talking about what keeps you coming back. Um, it's a question that Tom and I ask ourselves every now and then, you know, because <laughs> we, we've been doing this yes. for a, a while, not nearly as long as, uh, oh, I haven't been doing it as long as he has, but it's one of those things that uh, once you start, it kind of becomes a constant in your life. It's not yeah. something that, uh, you know, that well, except for, especially for us, it's not something we do a little bit and then and then we're done with it. Uh, right. You know, life does kind of get in the way sometimes, and things sure. happen. But it's a it's a hobby that we always come back to. Like I don't expect to ever sell all of my airplanes and get out of it completely. Yeah, um, me either. So you know, we're just going to kind of talk about what we like about it, what we don't like about it, and yep. and what keeps us coming back. So uh, yeah. And then we'll also kind of talk about uh, like some updates on what we've been working on. It's been several weeks since we've done an update episode. Um, so we'll kind of cover some of the things we've been doing too. So, so before we get started, uh, I just want to make a, a quick correction and call myself out here. I did make a mistake in one of our, in our last episode about wing loading, and uh, and I think I said you know that uh, a standard sport plane you know kind of hovers around eighteen uh, ounces per square inch. Um, it's actually uh, expressed as ounces per square foot, and a standard you know sport type plane kind of. You know, with a fairly light wing loading, would be considered a you know somewhere in the vicinity of 18 ounces per square foot, uh, which is an easy formula to figure out. It's just basically uh, wing area divided by weight, and then you know that gives you that number. Uh, just wanted to make that quick correction before I get called out by by one of our listeners. Um, <laughs> and to put that in perspective, uh, you know, a, a good trainer, uh, let's, for example, uh, in this case, is a Sig Cadet. Uh, which is like one of the most prolific trainers, you know, in the, the in the RC hobby, been around forever. Uh, that that airplane is advertised as 12 ounces per square foot on the wing loading, so very very light wing loading, very easy to handle. Um, a Sig Four Star 40, uh, in contrast, you know, standard kind of low wing sport plane, uh, a little bit heavier, a little bit less wing, uh, 18 ounces per square foot, and then you know, a pattern type plane. You know, a little bit more aerobatic, like let's say Sig Cougar, uh, 23 to 25 ounces per square foot. So that kind of gives you an idea of the range uh, when we were talking about uh, wing loading, that uh, that those are the ranges that you kind of look for. And when you're looking for your second airplane, um, I would stick to kind of that sport area, which is somewhere, you know, around 18 ounces per square foot. Oh, by the way, uh, your Sig Cavalier, in case you were wondering, 22 to 24 ounces per square foot. So that would be somewhere in the uh, a little faster of a plane than than an inter- or in a, an intermediate one, but it's still not too heavy. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and it, it's a good flying plane, so I, I still is. I still like it. Yep. So I just <laughs> wanted to make that quick correction. Uh, I don't want to put bad information out there, so 
Yeah, good deal. So then, yeah, like with with the beginner planes, when you're talking about like the floaters and and even like the the just easy to fly Sunday afternoon flyers, when you don't want to really do anything too difficult, you just want to kind of go out and and float around in the air. Yeah. Um, like a twelve ounces a, a square foot is fairly low, so I can yes. only imagine. I've never flown one of those. Um, oh, they're very but I can only easy imagine. to fly. Yeah, yeah, it would probably be in the in the same realm as like a uh, a cub or something like that. I would think. Surprisingly, you know, if you're talking about a, a standard full full length wing cub, not a clipped wing, um, they're they're actually I looked them up. <laughs> uh, they're somewhere in the 15 to 17 ounce range, depending on how heavy you build it. So oh, even okay. even a cub is is not quite as lightly loaded um, as a Sig Cadet or a trainer type um, airplane with the fat flat bottom airfoil and a lot of dihedral and uh, very lightweight. Like I said, Cadet is is one of the lightest, probably forty size or sixty size, depending on you know which direction you go. Airframe that you can build. I mean, it's all stick, all balsa, very little plywood in the airplane uh, firewall, basically, and the wing joiner. I think is, uh, if I recall, it's been a long time since I built one, but um, yeah, it's hard to find one much lighter than that. Well, and so then with that, the the lighter the wing loading, the more it's going to be affected by wind too. Correct. That's true uh to a point you know if if an airplane weighs 30 pounds but it has you know throw out some numbers 500 you know square inches of wing area you know you can you can still get to that 12 ounces per square foot even on a 30 or 40 pound airplane uh, which would still be you know fairly lightly loaded but because of the weight uh isn't as effect isn't as affected by wind as a as a you know as a six pound airplane Oh, okay. So if that makes sense, I'd have to look it up because I, I I don't know. But I'm I'm guessing some of these bigger airplanes, then you know, they don't grow exponentially by weight like they do with uh, the size of the wing. So some of these bigger ones are probably a lower wing loading too than some of the smaller, heavier type right. airplanes that you fly. Yeah. And that could be why some of the bigger ones fly bigger yeah. or fly better too. Right. You'd probably be surprised. I don't know what it is. We'd have to we'd have to weigh it and measure it. But I bet your yak um, is probably more lightly loaded on the wing than a standard, you know, 40, 60 size pattern plane, you know, that comes in around 24 ounces per square foot. I bet that yak of yours, based on, you know, how it looks like it flies, I bet it's, you know, somewhere in the 18 to 20, you know, ounces per square foot range. Just because it's, yeah. I mean, but because it's so much, you know, heavier just bigger it it does better in the wind than you know a six pound airplane with the same wing loading so okay so i was wrong again it happens no 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 not that you were (laughs) wrong it's just that it it's you know wing loading is just a function of wing area and the weight of the airplane and that's it yeah i mean size you know physical size doesn't necessarily mean anything like you know today's big airplanes like our 50 cc size airplanes and uh and bigger are so lightly constructed and I mean and and still well built but they're so lightly constructed that they can keep that wing loading down and make a you know a good flyer out of it as opposed to you know 20 years ago when we built the same size airplanes out of you know kits or whatever they were twice as heavy so the wing loading was you know considerably higher and they didn't they weren't as easy to fly as they are today yeah, some of these new planes are engineered so well that they, yeah. I mean, they're just built pretty much like real airplanes to where you're not going to have any extra weight up there right. um, than what is absolutely necessary. So yep. true. Yeah, that's amazing. But 
Um, so let's. I, I, I guess let's let's talk about uh, a couple things first before we kind of get to why we like the hobby, why we don't like the hobby. Okay. Um, so getting back to remember we talked about the the profile airplane a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, whatever it was that I uh, that I had found on uh, on my computer and I decided to make one. Yep. So um, I went ahead and did. I, I did order new batteries because the batteries Yay. that I had on that were shot. <laughs> um, <laughs> cool. Okay, so on that one, um, if you remember what we were talking about, the the original one that I that I made. Um, so it was powered by a, a five and a half inch propeller um, because the first prop slot that I that I made for it was only like six inches wide, um, and I, I had a a twelve hundred kV motor on it. And a 2700 milliamp uh, 3S LiPo in it. Okay. I didn't weigh it, so I don't know exactly what the weight was on it. And I, I, I really don't know on a shape like this how to easily find out the the wing loading because I don't know how to find the square, uh, like the area of the wing. On that first one, I crashed it multiple times, um, just finding the right center of gravity. And by the yep. time I got it down to where it was pretty close, uh, it actually flew pretty well. It was underpowered. Uh, usually with those kind of airplanes, I like to be able to set them on their tail and take off vertically. It's just easier to me sure, than for throwing them, I think. Yep. Yeah. You can walk away and then just kind of take off. That one would not do that. Okay. Um, so I ended up changing a bunch of stuff on it, um, changed the size of control surfaces, changed you know a few other things on it too, and I, I made a second one. On that second one, I also changed the propeller to a, a an eight by six, and put a different motor on it. That was a fourteen hundred kV motor. Um, the batteries I got are twenty two hundred milliamp instead of the twenty seven uh, what I ordered, so they're a little bit lighter, but not much. Um, and I did weigh that one, and it weighed in at three hundred and seventy nine grams. So. Um, like I said, the, I, I changed some things on it. The rudder I changed, uh, the side formers that were, uh, what kept my propeller to the size that it was, I moved those farther out. So I was able to fit that bigger propeller on. Okay. Um, and then the, the elevons, I ended up widened to be the full, full width of each wing. And that made a huge difference in it. So this thing is, is overpowered now and it's very <laughs> fast. Okay. So... Um, I, I really don't want to admit this, but I, I guess I will. So I took it outside. Um, it's been two or three days ago now. It doesn't matter. And went ahead and threw it and went to full throttle. It's fast. It, like, it's very fast. And it's very twitchy at high speeds because the control surfaces are getting all that air over it. And, it you know, it moves back and forth very fast mm-hmm. with uh, with the, the elevator input or the, the uh, aileron input. Okay. Well, so I it, it I wasn't ready for that, and for some reason my mind just went stupid. I mean, like I I had a brain <laughs> fart. I, I just completely the thought, like the thought of turning the throttle down, did not enter my mind at all. So I'm going full throttle the whole time, and it's doing. I mean, I I couldn't tell you how fast it was going, but it was very fast. I'm sorry, I, I, can't, get, I can't get past the fact that you said my brain went stupid. <laughs> Have you ever had that where you just I like have. completely forget exactly everything that you about. should know? Um, <laughs> okay. I'm yeah. Sorry. So I it was pretty bad, but yeah. anyway, I ended up lawn darting it right into the ground, oh, and man. it ended up probably being four inches shorter than it originally was. <laughs> um, okay. 
but I learned from my mistake, and I went ahead and I threw that thing right back up in the air sure. and tried it. You know, even with the crash with the crash nose, and tried it at like quarter throttle. I, I tell you what, that flew very well. I was very impressed with it. Once I kind throttle. of at quarter throttle, yeah. Okay. So once I once I understood that and was able to uh, to be prepared for full throttle runs, I was able to do that um, a keep couple your brain times. Out of stupid, <laughs> keep my brain out of stupid. <laughs> um, so I was able to get a few passes, not completely full throttle because I don't have a, a you know I, I have a decent amount of area here, but not a huge amount of area. Right. Um, so I was able to get you know a few seconds here at full throttle, and, and it re- I mean it really ran very fast. It rips, and huh? I, oh, I I liked it a lot. Um, cool. So I think I think what I want to do next. Um, You're gonna have to send plans. me a picture of this thing. I, I okay. don't have any pictures yet. No, you know you don't. I, I do have a few I can I can okay. send over to you. Okay. Um, but I don't have any before crash pictures. There, <laughs> it's <after>. okay. <laughs> I think um, it'll so be sufficient to, to give me an idea. Yeah, you have to imagine it being a few inches longer than what you see. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so I think what I'm going to do is print up another set of plans and give them to you and let you put one together and see okay. what you think of it. Um, this is, do this you, is still out of the Dollar Tree foam? Yeah, so okay. it's still it's a buck, you know, so if it crashes, <laughs> right. it's no big deal. Um, right. Yeah, so I, I think that's my next plan for that. And then if that all goes according to plan and, and you like it, uh, I think I'll end up probably just putting the plans on our website and letting people download them if they want to do that and, and oh, make that'd their be own. Cool. Yeah, like I said, it's it's a dollar worth of foam, so I'm yeah. I'm very happy with with how it's turned out on that. Yeah, um, you'll have to uh, let me know what what uh, motor and all that sort of stuff I need to get because I'm pretty sure I don't have any of that. <laughs> oh, well, uh, like I said, what I'm what I have now is a, a 1400 kV motor as what's okay. on it. And actually, you know what? I can just give you that stuff, and you can put it on yours and kind of see no, what you think of it. That. Well, you give it back. <laughs> not, <laughs> no, not to keep, I want but stuff that use. I want to keep. If it's going to be my airplane, it's going to be part of my hangar. I'm never well, going to get rid it's, of it. Oh wow, well, maybe that's how I am. We'll you see. should know that by now. Well, I know, but these are disposable. That's what I like about them. I actually think these would probably be a better idea for training somebody on on how to fly um, than actually buying a trainer. You know, the more I thought about it, even going over like the the beginner airplane episode and all that kind of stuff. So, so hold on. So, this airplane that you're talking about that flies around great at quarter throttle, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna suggest a a new guy getting into the hobby to start out with this and tell him, oh, by the way. Don't fly it around anything above quarter throttle because you're going to crash it. So not this airplane per se, but <laughs> okay, you know there are other designs on these profile foamies that you can get that are okay. are, are trainer friendly. Okay. And if you're if you're spending two bucks on a on a, a couple pieces of foam, um, and and putting it together yourself, and really like the electronics and stuff I have on there are are, are fairly inexpensive. Um, yeah. it's just using those nine gram servos that I think are $2 and 50 cents from Hobby King or something like that. Yeah. Are two of um, them on there? Yeah. The, yeah. Okay. That's all I have. I don't, I don't have a rudder. It's just the, the Elevons. Okay. Um, and it, like I said, it, it's a, it's a fun little, fun little airplane. Actually, what I'd like to do is get a few more of these made between the two of us. And when you can mm-hmm. start coming out again and doing the combat thing and trying to smack each other out of the air. Oh, that is fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd like to, to get back into that. Well, not okay. back, I guess, because I've never been into it. But I'd like to start getting into that. I think that'd be that'd be cool it's, to do. It's not as easy as it sounds. 
to, to well, try to fine. hit another airplane. <laughs> yeah. No, that that's fine. Um, cool. I, you know, I wouldn't want to crash an airplane every single time, but it was, uh, it was pretty good. Yeah. Well, it sounds like fun. So. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm game. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed that one. And, and I think I've decided I'm going to call it the sandpiper. I don't oh, know. I like that. Yeah. I, I think so too. Yeah. It's, that's uh, very cool. Yeah. Kind of named after my daughter, but, uh, yeah. but not completely. Yeah. I, I like that a <laughs> lot, actually. It was very, so. very clever. Yeah, so like I said, I'll print some plans and and bring them over to you. Um, okay. I I also have um, I also have a rib a wing rib to bring over to you that I cut on the CNC machine for yeah, your a balsa uh, one, right? Yeah, a balsa one for okay. your uh, for your duelist. Um, I want you to look at that and see how that turned out. Is it the same profile as the plastic one that you printed, or or I should say the same roughly the same size and everything? It's going to be close, yeah. Okay. I don't so remember I exactly like, which one I printed. Okay, um, so I could like compare weights and stuff like that? Yeah, you can compare okay. weights and rigidity and, and cool. see what one you like better. Yeah, um, I like The one thing I will I, I do like, though, about cutting on the CNC, especially if if you're wanting to stick with the balsa, if we don't find something that's you know very uh, very worthwhile switching to the, the plastic ones, mm-hmm. printing a plastic one is hour and a half-ish. Right. Literally, to from the time I hit start to cutting that one rib on the on the CNC machine was thirty eight seconds to the time it was finished and the the router was back to home. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> yeah. So very very fast. Yeah. Um, I ended up using a sixteenth inch bit. Um, I might try like a, an eighth inch bit next time just to kind of see what the difference is in in quality of cut. But I mean, okay. I think it turned out pretty good anyway. But well, I'll, the I'll short, bring it into and you can yeah, see the it. short video you sent me of it of it cutting, which by the way was mesmerizing. I could watch that all day long. I um, know, right? It looked really, really t- to me in the video. It looked very high quality. It really did. I mean, when the when you you know when the rib popped out and you kind of showed it to the camera there or whatever, to me it looked very, very high quality. So um, I have high expectations. Is what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that'll be easiest to do, honestly. Okay. Um, especially since I, I already went through and, and traced all the plans and, yeah. and actually traced all the wing ribs and stuff for you. Um, yeah. So I think that'll be an easier way of, of doing it instead of trying to cut it out by hand for sure. But I just don't <laughs> know if it's going to be better to do that than, or if it'll be better to 3D print them. So we'll, we'll play around with it still. And the really cool thing is once, once you get that dialed in... Um, you know, it wouldn't be much more work, you know, to stack a, a few sheets of balsa and cut multiples of the, you know, of the same thing. You know, because because the sixteenth inch router bit, I'm sure, has a, you know, the 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 routing surface, if you will, is, is more than just an eighth of an inch, right? It's probably half inch more, maybe. No, this one I think is uh, a half inch, but or no, I'm sorry, this one's a quarter inch. But you can get different different bits, and especially like if I go up to a, a an eighth inch bit, you can get those no problem with like a, a one inch cutting depth. Right. And especially for what we're cutting, there's no there's nothing to it. I mean, it's not like you're cutting metal or anything like that. Right. Right. So even even a quarter inch bit, you know, you stack you stack a couple of uh, sheets of thirty three thirty two balsa, um, and you know either slightly spray glue them together or whatever, figure out some way to get them, you know, stuck to each other and put those on the table. And then you're, you're cutting multiples 
of the same part. And now, I mean, okay, so 38 seconds to cut one rib. Well, now you cut that in half by cutting two ribs or cut it, you know, in quarter if you're going to cut four ribs. So, um, and I really, you know, when we're talking about the duelist, I mean, I'm, I'm set up here uh, to do two of them. I really am. I mean, and and I want to because I think it would be awesome to have two of these things flying around. Yeah. Even if you didn't do retracts, even if you just did, you know, fixed gear, which it takes the complexity away from the build, makes a lighter airplane, actually flies better. Um, maybe not as cool as, as having something with retractable gear, but um, you you could be into one of these things for very, very, very minimal cost. Because uh, like I said, I mean, I'm set up here. I've got, I've got, <laughs> with my with my recent findings and purchases, I've I've got enough engines to, to do two for sure, probably three, honestly, <laughs> um, <laughs> and servos. You know, I have this big stack of servos that you know I acquired some time ago. So I, I mean, yeah, we there's enough here to do two for sure, and you know. If you're going to cut parts on the CNC machine, that that would certainly make life easier for the both of us, um, you know, by stacking sheets and cutting multiple parts with one, you know, with one shot. Um, yeah. And they look really good. <laughs> Even if it's not stacked, they're easy to do individually, you know. True. Um, That's true. It, it's not all that difficult. The only thing right now, honestly, with me, I was uh, laid off three weeks right. ago, whatever it was, so... We're we're watching the funds a lot more, you know. We're oh, I get we're it. not yep. we're not in bad shape by any means, but uh, we've cut all the the extra fun stuff out. So right. we'll we'll play it by ear, see what the next few weeks brings before I make any decisions on that. But uh, you know, I'd still like to build one. Like uh, when I when I know. say minimal minimal cost, what I what I really mean is virtually no cost to you. Because, no, what I'm saying is I'm sure well, you have a six-channel receiver that you could either pull out of something or just one laying around somewhere, right? Yeah. And yeah. That, that's really that and your transmitter, That that's literally probably all you would really have to provide. Well, you, I, I, you don't have to do that. I mean, I, I'm not that worried about, you know, getting a free airplane or anything, but... Well, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll, okay. we'll get it figured out. I'm not too concerned about it. It would still be more fun though, if all this stuff was over and we were able to do it, you know, together, yes. like a build log or something like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, where we would be able to kind of follow along with each other and see what, uh, well, just how each of us would do it. Right. No, I agree. But we'll we'll see how it goes. You know, I'm I'm not. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Um, but okay. So speaking of build log, though, that was one thing that uh, I, I think we did kind of talk about doing is uh, when you build your duelist, mm -hmm. actually doing like a, a follow along build log that we'll we'll post on the website. Yeah. Yeah. I can. I can. Uh, I can do my best uh, to try to document everything I'm doing. So for anybody that's never actually built a plane from. Uh, what well, is this? This isn't a kit. So is this called scratch building then? Okay. So there's lots of schools of thought on what scratch building is. So I'm old school. So to me, scratch building means you come up with your own design, you cut it, cut up your own parts, and you build your own airplane. To me, that is the definition of scratch building. What I consider uh, that I'm doing is I'm going to build an airplane that someone else has already designed. So that, in my opinion, 
um, you know, for, take that for what it's worth. Uh, that is called plans building or building from plans. Um, I'm not building a kit except the kit that I produce myself by cutting yeah. my own parts and stuff. So that's that's sort of the old school, you know, take on scratch building and and building from plans. Uh, either so this way, will be considered this will be considered a, a plan build then. Exactly. Yep. Be okay. building these from Dave Platt's Mark II Duelist plan. Okay. Yep. But yeah, so we're, we're planning on doing a build log. Um, yeah. We'll have yep. a, a separate page online on the website that will, you know, will constantly update with. Well, I shouldn't say constantly because it depends on how fast you work. Well, right. Um, how much time? But I we will. <laughs> yeah, we will. We will update as fast as possible. Um, right. with the, with the build of that and kind of and kind of see where we go. Yeah, so. and I'll I'll try to document everything that that I do that is um, dualist related. You know, for instance, uh, you know, this weekend um, I had plans for rebuilding uh, one of the engines that I'm planning on using on my dualist, and then once I'm done rebuilding it, putting it on the on the test stand and running it. And um, so, I mean, I could document that, take a quick little video of it running on the on the test stand, maybe take some pictures of me. You know, disassembling and reassembling the engine and, and that sort of stuff. So yeah, I can yeah, definitely that'd be good. yeah definitely upload that to the website whenever uh, whenever I get around to doing those things. Which for me, my my limiting factor is time. I'm still working. Um, I'm only I'm, right now. I'm only getting I'm only getting one day off a week right now. Um, so time for me it's a it's a little tight. I I don't have a lot of time on that one day off because I'm catching up on all the other stuff I didn't get done. Um, yeah, so. and I, I fully understand that because I, I expected to be doing a lot more stuff, you know, actually being home as right. much as I am. But uh, the list of the, the honeydew list is growing <laughs> tremendously. Right. Um, Isn't it amazing, Emma, how, how, oh. how much time we, we don't even think about that we spend on doing just normal things, you know? Well, like, okay, so not only that, but like my... My wife, God love her, and I, I don't mind doing any of this stuff. I really don't. I, I enjoy it. Um, but it's not what I want to do, if that makes sense. Oh, uh, I understand. So Pinterest is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, this has been okay. like a year ago. She found uh, a, not even a plan, but just like a drawing of somebody that had uh, made like a planter out of guttering. Okay. It's like for onions or flowers and that kind of stuff. Okay. And it, it's like a, a four-tier planner kind of thing, and she wanted one. Um, okay. So I, you know, was was told that that's what I should do. And <laughs> <laughs> it so was I, I highly recommended. And, it was highly recommended, yes. Not <laughs> mandatory by any means, but uh, right. but highly recommended. Um, and, yeah, so I, I went ahead and designed that and, and cut that on the CNC machine for um, she liked it. Um, but of course then, you know, you had to do everything else with it. You had to paint it. You had to do everything to make it outdoor rated and, and all that. So that was a, a couple days worth of work there. Right. Then she, uh, then she wanted a trellis for her garden, but not just a trellis. It's, uh, a little <laughs> more involved. I mean, normally not trellises just are- any trellis. <laughs> normally trellises are kind of small. Um, right. but- if she's asking me to make something, I don't make things small. So the trellis that I made. That's true. <laughs> so the trellis I made, and, and okay, so I like Dr. Seuss. I, I love the kind of curvy Dr. Seuss furniture and all that kind of stuff. 
Um, okay. So the trellis I made is kind of in that realm uh, of design. Uh, it ended up being uh, at, at its full width, 101 inches wide. So it's over eight feet wide. Oh and then gosh. about seven. Oh, yeah, it's pretty big. And then about seven and a half feet tall um, and five and a half feet deep. So she's going to plant, uh, I don't know if it's gourds, I think is one thing she might put out there. She's also going to be putting uh, like the pole beans and, and all that kind of stuff yeah, by that's, it. That's um, a serious trellis. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it looks cool, though. I mean, honestly, <laughs> okay. I, I, I do like it. Um but that was another probably three days worth of work there. And just with everything else, I mean, it's, I, I don't mean to complain, but I'd like to get <laughs> busy, you know, doing some stuff on, on airplanes. And I, I'm hoping in the next couple of days, it's supposed to be rainy. It's supposed to be pretty, uh, pretty warm and rainy here. So hopefully I'll be able to do that um, and, and be able to get back into it. But, you know, like I said, I, I, I know I got way off topic, but that's just, some of the things that come up, you know, cutting grass when we cut grass here takes half a day. There's just oh, sure. a lot to it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I'll, I'll be getting into doing more stuff here in a little while, hopefully. Okay. Good. Good. And send me pictures. I mean, I, you're doing all this stuff. I'm not getting anything done. And at least you could do is send me pictures. <laughs> I don't even know if I have a picture of the planner thing. Oh, and we just okay. literally, it, it couldn't have been more than 20 minutes before uh, we started recording this tonight was when I was putting that thing outside. And it took three of us to move it just because of the, the odd <laughs> the odd angle. We ended up assembling it in the garage because that way, you know, you could glue it together and you didn't have to worry about humidity or anything like that. We could keep the doors closed, keep it the temperature controlled and stuff in it. So, yeah. uh, ended up building it there and then, and took it out tonight and, Oh, that was a, I'm glad it's done. But now, but now the next thing she wants is a sign for it. So <laughs> tomorrow, um, I'm going to be cutting a sign to be hanging on it and, and she's going to paint it all up and, and do all that. So, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's just, that's, it's part of it, right? I mean, yeah, no, you're right. It is. Got to do but, what we got to do, you know. And we, if you have skills, you may as well put them to use. Yeah. No, and, and like I said, it's fun. I, I, I can't complain at all. So yeah. if if she listens to this, I hope she doesn't think I'm complaining. But I, I don't know if she listens or not. I'm kind of hoping she doesn't, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she listens. Oh, she probably does, and I'm sure I'll hear about this uh, uh, tomorrow night, actually. is yeah. We'll be posting this one tomorrow, so I'm sure I'll hear about it before too long. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, she so, can't complain well, too much because she got what she wanted, right? <laughs> she did. She did. Yeah. But I, I think sounds, there's still a list. It sounds really neat, actually. Yeah. I, I, I like it. But I, I think there's still a list, probably, you know, five or six things long that I'm, I'm going to end up having to do. But we'll, we'll see. Okay. I'm not I'm not holding my breath yet. <laughs> so um, on one of the last episodes, we talked about uh, the T-34 that you have. Right. Um, right. I, I I do hear you might have a, a lead on another one. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, I forget. I think it was uh, whatever day, Sunday, whatever day it was. Um, <clears throat> I had some time after work, so I went out to the field and you know kind of met up with some of the guys out there that I haven't seen in a while, and uh, happened to be talking to one of a one of my good friends who's met you know thanks to the hobby, and uh, we've been friends for a long time. Um, he's, he, we were talking about, you know, I was just telling him about the duelist project and that I was, uh, you know, I had bought a, a couple of engines, well, more than a couple, but engines, I'll just say engines, <laughs> um, <laughs> recently on eBay and, uh, and other sites. 
and uh, he said, yeah, he, he said he, you know, he's really more into the electric and the and the larger uh, gassers. He flies some uh, World War One stuff, and he's a fantastic builder. Um, he actually taught me a lot of the stuff techniques that I use, you know, today. Um, but at any rate, he said he wanted to kind of get out of the nitro game, and of course, you know, that's that's what makes me tick. I love I love nitro, <laughs> and I love these little nitro. Ones. So he got my attention right away. Yeah, your he ears said, yeah. perked up. Sure. And uh, so, I mean, you know, he's been friend, a friend of mine for a very long time. So I know I know a lot of the airplanes that he has and uh, a lot of the airplanes he has, I also have, uh, you know, a Contender <laughs> and, uh, you know, a few others, a Sig Wonder. And, um, but he mentioned that he had a, you know, a, a Hangar 9 T-34 uh, Mentor, which is what we, the one we were talking about, you know, in the last episode. And of course, that got my attention right away because I completely forgot that he had that airplane, uh, and I've actually seen it fly. It it flies it flies good. Um, so we were talking about that, and he said, "Yeah, I'd be you know I'd be interested in in getting rid of the the nitros." And so I was like, "Okay, well, I mean, you know, sometime when this is all over, you know, I'll come over and you know if you want, and we'll 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 kind of go over what everything you have, and you know, we'll you know come up with a." a price that's agreeable to both of us. And I, I would definitely be interested in that T-34, you know, keep your receiver and your servos and any of the stuff that you can use. But uh, for certain, I'm more interested in the canopy than anything because, because <laughs> uh, the canopy on his is in a little bit better shape than mine. Uh, I yeah. think his, I think his might be a little more yellow, although I'm looking at mine right now and it's, it's pretty yellow. So, um, but I know his isn't cracked and it doesn't have the, um, the spider webbing. That or crazing, I think is the correct term uh, that mine has. So, yeah, I may uh, I may pick up another T thirty four, and um, if I don't fly it, I'll I'll use it for parts. And maybe, you know, about that time, that's about when you showed up out at the field when we were talking, yeah. and we started talking about maybe making a mold or something of this canopy so that maybe I can make a few spares and finally get to recover this T thirty four without fear of you know, losing my canopy or not being able to reuse it. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and maybe if you get a new one, I might be interested in your old one. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, for sure. Unless you uh, want they, to. No, no, they, 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 and mine is in good shape. It's just that the covering is, you know, kind of, kind of crappy. And, you know, there's a, a few areas on the airframe that need a little love. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, oh, I, I remember it because I owned it for a few months. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, but you never flew it. Uh, no, I, I didn't, and that's that's why you have it now. Right, but anyway, the uh, <laughs> otherwise it would have been rekitted. <laughs> well, maybe not. I mean, it's it's a, it's an airplane with a fairly high wing loading. <laughs> yeah, at the at the time that uh, that I had that, I was not comfortable doing it. I was not comfortable flying it. But I, I'm to the point now where I would not have any problem flying one of those. Oh yeah, yeah, you could you could if it was mine for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So. But yeah, if I if I end up with a second one, yeah, if we can figure out a way to make a you know make a you know some replacement canopies, you'd be more than welcome for for your time and effort. You could probably have that airframe when we're done with it. I mean, oh boy, that's even better. <laughs> so yeah, you help me out by making a can- some canopies and free airplane. How about that? All right, we need to uh, talk about a bunch more airplanes because so far I'm up to two <laughs> free airplanes in this episode alone. So what else can we talk about? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, what else if, you got. If you if you help me finish this Horton project, <laughs> oh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> uh, no, actually, uh, I I 
haven't gotten any farther on that since our last update on that. You know, the center section is finally here, um, yeah. but I just have had no time to actually work on anything. Um, yeah. So, but it'll yeah. happen. This will, yeah. this won't last forever, and we'll get back to normal. Right. Yep. Yep. So. So. Um. Let's kind of get back to uh, to what keeps us coming back to the airplane. You know, you kind yeah. of talked about going out to the field and then meeting up with your friend that you hadn't talked to for quite a while right. and that you've been been friends with him for, for a long time. Yes. Um, I think for a lot of people, the, the, the friendships that are made in the hobby is kind of one of the things that keep you coming back. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I know had it not been you know, for RC airplanes and for this whole, for this whole hobby that you and I would not be friends. Um, cause we wouldn't have had anything to kind of bring us together like, exactly. uh, like that did. Um, yeah. no, I agree. So yeah. there's a, there's a lot to be said, I think for the, for the people aspect of it. Um, right. but I, I also think there's a lot to be said for the actual hobby itself. Um, right. so I really, really enjoy building things. Yeah. Obviously, it, it doesn't necessarily matter. It doesn't necessarily matter what it is. I just enjoy mm-hmm. making things. Sure, um, I've always been that way. Yeah, and me too. To be able to build something, you know, even the the profile foamy thing here that I did, to be able to build something out of your mind from scratch and actually see it fly around in the air, that, that's a pretty cool feeling. I mean, that's it really amazing. is. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. To recover an airplane that that might not have been the colors that you liked and actually make it your own airplane. You know, that's pretty cool too. Yes. Um, and just the rush you get for me, especially just out of flying airplanes, you know, it's so fun to do. It's very relaxing while at the same time it can be very stressful. It's just a, there's a lot of highs and lows, no pun intended in, (laughs) in this hobby. I see what you did there. Yeah. Right. And, uh, but I think that's one of the big things that keeps me coming back to it. Um, I, I definitely would be one that would still stay in the hobby and, and do things with it if yeah. I didn't have friends in it. I think yeah. just having the friends in it makes it that much better. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I could not agree with that sentiment more. I mean, I have, I mean, you know, there's other things that I do in my life, you know, you know, my wife and I, we run with a, a running club and, you know, I, anyway, um, but of, of all the activities that I've, that I've participated in or, or things that I've gotten involved in, in my life, the, the one thing that I always, no matter how much time I spend away from it, I always come back to the, to the RC airplane hobby. I mean, and, you know, I was talking, I was talking to Lori about it, um, either last night or the night before and trying to put my finger on really what it is about the the hobby that keeps bringing me back. And she made a really good point. She said, you know, it seems like no matter what's going on in the hobby, when you leave it, it's always there for you when you decide it's time to come back. Like, yeah, things change over time. Like, you know, electronics get better and engines get better and, you know, the things get cheaper or things get more expensive before they get cheaper or whatever. <laughs> but the yeah. basic the basic tenant of, in my case, building something and then flying it, that, that hasn't ever changed for, for me. That, and I think that just knowing in the back of my head that, it, that it's always there, it's it's not something that if I if I do this right now I can I'll be fine but if I get away from it well then I've lost it forever it's it's not one of those types of 
um, hobbies where when you get away from it, it's it's completely different when you come back. I mean, yeah, yeah. some stuff changes, but the basic tenet for me anyway is is always there and the appeal of flying something that you put together yourself or you put a little bit of yourself in um, is, you know, is the reward that I guess that keeps me coming back. And you touched on it with, you know, talking about friends that we've made and I've made some really, really great friends in this hobby. And I've had, you know, a lot of these friends over, you know, long periods of time. I mean, yeah, you and I got started, you know, I think we put a, I don't know if we put a date on it, but it's been, you know, 10 years plus. Um, but I have, you know, some of these friends that, that I've had, like, you know, the guy with the T-34, you know, he and I have been friends, gosh, I mean, 91, I think is when we met um, for the first time. And we've been, we've been good friends really ever since. And that says something because so many, so many other people come and go, at least in my life, they, they come and they go and, and not everybody is, I'm going to get philosophical here. <laughs> not, not everybody is meant to be in your life for your entire life. Right. Um, but it seems like some of the friends that I have managed to hang on to the most for the most time in my life have been people I have something in common with. And this hobby is something I have in common with these, these friends that I've made over, over the years. So yeah, I think, I think that might be something that, that, uh, keeps me coming back to having, having those relationships and, and those friends knowing that they're, in the same boat as me, you know, they have this weird addiction to these little model airplanes that, you know, buzz about <laughs> in the sky. Um, yeah. But I think that's one, th- one of many things that, that, uh, that keeps me coming back to the hobby. Yeah. I'm always amazed at the people you meet, um, you know, when, when you're out of the field or, or when you're doing things RC airplane related. So, you know, I did make it out to the field the same time you did. Um, mm-hmm. You called me and, or you texted me and said you were going out after work and, I thought, you know, that's fine. I didn't have time to charge batteries or bring anything worthwhile to fly that I can't fly here. So I just didn't bring anything out there. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, it was still nice to see airplanes fly. But I was was shocked, you know. So there was a guy out there that you knew, but I had never met him before. I don't even know what his name was. (laughs) And... uh, so like literally I sat down on the bench next to him while you and you and the other guy were talking and uh you know he looked over and and asked me if I flew and I I told him I said well a little bit yeah not not too much cuz I don't guess I I guess I don't fly a lot but when I can I do and so he knew nothing about me other than that short little conversation that's like all that we had talked right it was funny because he got up put a battery in his plane and he had a big, it's a, I don't remember what it was. It was a foamy, uh, oh, what was it? You know him better than I do. Was that a Cessna? Is that what he had? The big foam Cessna. I believe that was a 152. I'm not sure who makes it. FMS maybe. I I don't know. Yeah. So he put the battery in and then he handed me the controller and said, here, fly it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I mean, people in this (laughs) hobby are so trusting. Like, and I, I, I don't want to sound bad, but I would never do that. Right, you know, if if I don't know the guy, and he even called me the wrong name, he called me Bob, and I had to correct him <laughs> on what my name was. Um, but you know, some of the nicest people you'll meet, some of the most giving people, some of the most caring people you'll meet in this hobby. Right. Um, you know, he just handed me the controller and said, "Here, fly it," and I respectfully declined. You know, because that's um, what you do. <laughs> because that's what I do. I, I don't want to buy one of those for myself, so I don't want to buy one of those for you if I mess it up. Right. Um, but those are the kind of people that you come across in the hobby. They're, they're some of the nicest down-to-earth guys you'll ever deal with. 
Um, not all of them, you know, some of them you want to stay away from. And I think you can kind of pick out those people pretty quick when you're around them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for the right. most part, you know, it's a very welcoming community and, yeah. um, there's, I don't want to say like a brotherhood, but there's almost like a, a camaraderie that comes with it. Um, sure. just, just by knowing that that guy likes the same thing you do and you can talk about it, you can fly together, you can just you know, sit down, have a conversation and just enjoy your time together. And that's, yeah. that I really like. I, I enjoy that part of this a lot. And you know, I mean, oh. you, you never know when you're going to make a great memory, right? Like I have all True. of these, these great memories of, of things that I've, I've done while participating in the hobby, which at the time I was like, it was just, I was just doing it. You know, I didn't, I had no idea that that was going to turn into a great memory. So yeah. I think that might be might be something else that uh you know I kind of know in the back of my mind that hey this is going to be really fun who knows what this is going to lead to maybe this will be a great memory you know maybe maybe these duelists that we're going to build you know maybe that'll be something 10 years from now we'll be like hey you remember when we did you know when we built those duelists and <laughs> oh yeah and here it is still on my still in my hangar you know hey let's go out and fly yeah. You, you yeah, just, I crashed mine, but you still have yours. That's pretty cool. <laughs> but I mean, you just <laughs> you just never know when when you're gonna make a great memory. And yeah, and well, I, think I, that's I remember. Thing. Yeah, I remember when uh, I don't know if you do or not. It's been a long time ago because my uh, my oldest kid was oh he couldn't have been more than eight, maybe nine. Um, we bought him one of those Firebird Stratus airplanes. Oh yeah, I remember those. Yep. And I, I still have pictures, actually, looking around here. I have pictures mm-hmm. hanging on the wall of him with that airplane, yeah. um, of him flying it, of me hand-launching it. And the day that we took those pictures, I remember you flew that one a lot. Um, and my wife, myself, and, and he were out on the field. Nobody else was around, so, you know, don't yell at me for this. But we were out on the field, and you were flying around, and we were trying to catch it out of the air. Yeah. And that was just, that. you know, I had so much fun with that. You, I... It was. It's just one of those things that you would not get anywhere else. You know, it was just the three yes. of us. This was before we had our, our second kid. You know, it was just the three of us out there having as fun a as a family. Yeah. yeah, and it was it was a it was a really good time. I I enjoyed that. So yeah, I remember yeah there's that. a lot of great memories from from flying. Yeah. So what about you? What what do you uh what do you have? Oh gosh, I mean, geez. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, it may not be a fond memory. But I remember the day, you know, that I, you know, I crashed the duelist. Um, I remember, like it was yesterday. I remember the day that uh, I went to my first fly-in uh, with, uh, with you know, one of the one of my good friends in the hobby. Uh, took yeah. me to a, to another place here in Illinois, and uh, it was a Warbird fly-in, and we took some. Well, at that time, it was my foam Air Force because I didn't have a proper Warbird, but um, that <laughs> that's a that's a really great memory. Uh, I have, you know the memory of my first solo flight, if you will, uh, with my first trainer, with my, you know, my next door neighbor standing next to me, you know, without touching the transmitter. That's a really great memory. I mean, I have, I have lots of these memories and, um, you know, like I said, it's just knowing that more good memories are, are in the future, I think is one thing that uh, keeps me coming back. Now, you know, it's, it's not all sunshine and roses, right? I mean, we, we, well, have yeah. thing, we have things we don't like about the hobby too, but um, f- for the most part, I mean, it's it's all positives. One of the things that uh, always stands out to me, and it probably shouldn't, but 
Um, you and I both, I'm sure, know the same person that I'm talking about. Um, it, it was it was always fun to watch him crash. I mean, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh-huh. you knew it was coming. You told him not to do it, and he still would do it. <laughs> so do it, it just anyway. got it just got to the point where it was like, I know it's coming. Let's get the camera out and let's record this and and let's see <laughs> yes. what we get. <laughs> Oh, he's yes. going to be so mad at that one, but you know, um, but to be fair, he has this individual has told us on multiple occasions times that he's crashed where nobody was watching <laughs> and he voluntarily gave up that information. So I don't think he's going to get too upset about us, you know, reliving his his crashes that we witnessed and may or may not have recorded. <laughs> that is true. But, I mean, like some of them, though. I can't wait to have him has, on the show, though. Oh, I know. I, I can't either. I think it'll be so much fun. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of them, you know, he learned from them. So that's that's a good thing. Absolutely. Um, and I, I don't fair, think he crashes or makes the same mistake no. anymore. I mean, he, he still makes... If he's listening, hopefully he'll learn from this. Uh, he still makes he still makes some of the same old mistakes, and and what I mean is, you know, flying in conditions that maybe you shouldn't fly in, uh, or maybe more specifically, flying in locations where the conditions may or may not be ideal for flying model airplanes. But uh, overall, I, I got to say he, he he's become a, a pretty a pretty decent pilot. So. Having said yeah, that. over I there's there's been multiple times I can remember phone calls. Uh one that sticks <laughs> out in general where uh he would he would call and say, Hey, it's like twenty five mile an hour wind gust. Do you think I should fly? And I'd be yes. like, No, no, I well, I know, I I'd be like, No, I, I don't think you should. You know, it's too windy, you don't want to risk it. Mm-hmm. And so fine, I get a call back an hour later. Well, I crashed. <laughs> what <laughs> yes. happened? It was too windy. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Uh, God, it's too bad somebody <laughs> didn't tell you not to do that. <laughs> right. Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so, so that keeps us uh, coming back, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those are good memories. Probably not for him, but for us, definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like I said, in all fairness, you know, he has become, you know, a pretty decent pilot. So um, just just maybe the judgment could still use some work. That's all. <laughs> Well, and you know that—that's the other thing. He—we both started actually right around the same time. It couldn't have been more than a couple months difference. That's true. Um, yep. And I—we—we we had the same airplane. We both yeah. started off with the the Super Cub, and right. I remember—I I remember. <laughs> I've got a couple of pictures of him out at the field, um, where we both would go out, and that was the only plane that I had at the time. Or maybe it wasn't. It doesn't matter. That was the plane I was flying. Mm-hmm. And so I have pictures of him with his plane in pieces on the <laughs> on the table, you know, where he's getting ready to glue it up or tape it up and, and get it together so he can fly it again, with mine just sitting so perfectly, all the original <laughs> stickers, all the original, you know, the original foam all over, same wing, same fuselage, same landing gear. Everything yes. was original, just sitting in the background. And we probably had the same amount of time on those. So that that's probably one of my favorite pictures and uh yeah I it yeah I don't want to go too much more into it but. right oh, See see that, I mean look look, look at all the look at all the laughs and and the good times <laughs> we're getting I mean this is something that you know that I mean seriously this is this is what we get out of the hobby I mean it's not it it really for me it, it's not 
100% about the airplanes and and the radios and the balsa and the and the engines and the it's about these memories and these good times that I've had and and that's that's really what it's all about and that's what keeps me coming back. I mean, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's it's one of those things where this just makes it like all the memories and and all the camaraderie and stuff makes it that much better. Like I said, I think I would still stay in it. Actually, I know I would still stay in it if it was just me, um, if it wasn't for anybody else. Uh, but I, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I do have enough room to fly here at home. Yeah, uh, I, that I helps. don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I would still be a member of the club or anything like that if if it wasn't for everybody else. But definitely. You know, flying around the house is something I will never give up. Right. As long right. as I'm still able to do it. You know? so, so, okay, you, I mean, you, you, you kind of hit a nerve there. And, and I don't know if, if uh, you know, I don't know how deep I really think we should get into it. But, I mean, we talked, I mentioned, you know, there's things in the hobby that, you know, that aren't ideal or that we don't like. And uh, without, without going into too much detail, you know, this, this whole business with the, with the FAA and the, and the UAS is, uh, I mean, I don't like the direction that's going. I don't either. Let me ask you another question, though. Okay. So, and, and I'm not going to, uh, I don't want to get too much into it because I don't want to promote sure. the video. Right. But have you seen the video, uh, I just saw it actually a couple hours ago today, of the uh, guy flying his quadra, or, uh, quadcopter uh, by the Blue Angels in Detroit? No, I have not seen that one. So... This is the problem I have. And I, like I said, I don't, I don't want to get political. I don't want to get anything too in-depth with all this crap. But I am a responsible, what I would consider, hobbyist. Yes. Um, I do have quadcopters. I don't fly them in a manner that's reckless. They all have my little FAA number on them uh, for if anything happens. You know, I cut them out of vinyl, and they're right on the side. Right. Um, same with the airplane. Well, I won't say all the airplanes, but most of the airplanes I have also has that. Um, that being said, so this guy decided to take his quadcopter up, fly around while the Blue Angels were flying in Detroit, doing their the little flyover, you know, salute to the first responders and all that yes. stuff. Yes, I remember the flyover. So he posted a video that he shot of it, which I'm glad he posted it because he was dumb enough to put his name behind it. Um, and I really do hope the FAA comes down on him because the video he shot, um, it looks as though from the video, he couldn't have been more than, I don't know, 40 feet, 50 feet away from the planes when they came by on one of the passes. Oh my gosh. Ooh, that's close. Absolutely pointless and absolutely irresponsible. And that's the kind of stuff that gives the hobby a bad name. And I do not like that at all. Those are the kind of people that need to be punished for what they're doing, need to be held responsible, held accountable for the dangers that they're putting everybody in. Right. Had he been a little higher, had he hit the cockpit, had he hit something like that, he could have caused a plane crash, could have caused the plane to crash into houses. And, and I, yeah. you know, I don't know what they're flying over right. and really could have harmed a lot of people. And, and that would have been disastrous. Oh, sure. Yet... It didn't happen this time, which is great. He thought the video he got of it was good enough to post on YouTube. I don't understand that at all. I'm very much against all of the 
the remote transmitter rules and whatever they're talking about. Uh, right. I did get the the email from the FAA. What was it last week? Whenever they sent them all out. Right. Did you Did you um, email a comment in? When the comment section was open, yes. The comment okay. section is not open anymore. I think that closed I, I did. in March. Was it? Yeah, I I did too. Um, I mean, and without going into into the specifics of, of what I said or what I wrote, rather. Um, but but generally speaking, it, it is my opinion that these you know that these drone I'm just going to say drone pilots and we'll call them you know the quadcopters whatever they are um, mm-hmm. they're not they're not hobbyists in my opinion they're not they're not what the what the heart and soul of the hobby really is about so in my opinion and this is what more or less what I said in my reply <clears throat> or my comment you know let's let's separate okay you know, quadcopters, you know, multi-rotors, you know, whatever you want to call these things. Um, as you, if you could tell prob- probably by my tone, I, I dislike them. I, I dislike them a lot, actually. Um, th- let's, let's figure out a way to separate these, these two very different forms of remotely piloted vehicles. I mean, essentially that's what they all are. Even our airplanes, we they're piloted remotely or unmanned aerial, you know, systems or whatever. Let's figure out a way to 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 make a distinction between the two, hobbyists and these drone guys and levy all these all these stupid laws, and I'm not going to say stupid laws, but levy all the regulations and the and this um um oh, the name of it, the the transponder thing that they're supposed to put on board. Yeah, I know you're talking about the remote ID or whatever it is. Right. Put put that on on the drone, you know, guys or girls, pilots, whatever you want to call them, and leave us guys who are flying our Balsa airplanes at remote locations away from populated areas, you know, leave us the heck alone. I mean, I, I don't yeah. know specifically what is in the the legislation that is that is in the house right now. Um, it's, it's apparently quite, quite lengthy and I don't have time to, to read it. Um, but or I you know, might I, not even understand it with the way some of that stuff is worded. Well, right. That too. But it's, it's my understanding by some of the forums I've been reading who, you know, from, you know, people who are lawyers and things like that, who understand it are posting. It, it sounds to me like they're not making a distinction between, you know, us and them, you know, the, our, us hobbyists and these drone pilots. And that's unfortunate yeah. because, you know, the, the, the laws or regulations or, or, you know, whatever you want to call these things that, that are going to be, that are pr- being proposed to be put in place for the, you know, for the hobby, it's, it's not going to work. And it, and it spells disaster for the future of RC, I think. Yeah, I agree too. And I'm, I'm, I'm very concerned about that. Like, honestly, if, if I go out and fly, uh, you know, this 400 gram foam airplane in my backyard, you don't need to know about it at the airport that's 30 miles away. <laughs> exactly. I should not have to have some sort of electronics on there that add more weight um, yeah. to Makes remotely be able to identify that my airplane is flying 100 feet in the air by my house. Right. Yeah. You know, that it's just, it's so difficult because the problem, like the differences between what we're talking about being hobbyists and what we're talking about by... Like, you say you dislike the drones and all that stuff. I, I, I like them, but for a completely different reason. 
Like the one I have, um, I like it because of the technology that's built into it. I think it's really neat that I can go to my computer, plug in waypoints, plug in heights, tell it where to fly, tell it where to point, and get really cool videos over my own property. I'm not flying anywhere else. And then have it come back and land within like a foot and a half of where it took off from. That I enjoy not from a hobbyist side of things because that's not flying. That's not flying. I mean, that's not flying an airplane. That's not flying anything by hand. That's all computer controlled. Um, At that point, it's not, it's not a, I mean, yes, it's a, it's an unmanned aerial system or it's a remotely piloted vehicle, whatever you want to call it, but it's, I mean, it's a tool is what it is. Right. Yep. It's, it's not it's not a a a hobby, you know, yeah, you may do that for leisure or recreation or whatever, but it's not it's not the same. It's not a I don't know. It there somewhere there's words <laughs> to to describe <laughs> what I'm what I'm feeling. Um I've well, never been good at putting my feelings into words, just ask Lori, but uh, yeah, there's there's a difference, and what you're talking about doing, while it's neat and and beneficial to to you and and anyone else who enjoys them for that reason, they're tools, they're not model aircraft, right? And that's that's going to be the hard part to separate. So, like, what? Okay, so we're supposed to not fly above 400 feet. That's yeah. the that's the rule now, right? Um. That's pretty high. So the quadcopter, yeah. So the quadcopter I have now, uh, I did take it up to 400 foot at one time uh, Mm -hmm. because I wanted to see what our house looked like, you know, with the camera on it from that height. So I programmed it in to go to 400 feet and it went up to 400 feet. I could not see it. I could not hear it when it was at that height. I mean, it was, it was up there and I was trying to find it. I knew where it was. There's no reason to go higher than that. There's no reason to fly an airplane that high. I mean, if you're trying to fly an airplane that high, especially if it's not a huge one, you're going to have a hard time seeing orientation. You're going to have a hard time seeing which way it's going. You know, is it coming at you? Is it going away from you? Is it upside down? Is it right side right. up? Yes. You you know, for an actual hobbyist, everything that's in place now, the 400-foot rule, the line of sight, um, the putting your name and, and stuff and, and numbers on the airplane— Yes. That's all fine and dandy. I have no problem doing that. Because I, I don't honestly, have a problem with it either. Right, because honestly, if something happens, my airplane loses control and, and flies away from me, first off, I'm responsible for it. So that's why we have the AMA coverage. That's yep. why we have you know the insurance that comes with that. Yep. And I'm going to take care of whatever happens because of it. Yes. Now, that's what a responsible hobbyist does. And the problem becomes these other guys that are not responsible, that are not flying where they're supposed to fly, are ruining it for the rest of us. And I don't know how that's not going to happen. I mean, I think it's unfortunately coming. Um, And I think there's just going to be a lot of people that are not going to abide by the law and do it the way you're supposed to. And by the way, the people that are doing it now, flying where they're not supposed to be flying, are not the ones that are going to buy the extra equipment (laughs) to put in to tell people where they're flying. They're just not going to do it. Right. I mean, I mean, yes, I, I have opinions on, on, on lots of different, uh, legislation and you know, I don't want to get into specifics, but there's a certain other hobby that's out there. If you want to call it a hobby or a recreational activity or whatever that the government is highly involved in, 
um, with, <laughs> with yeah. laws and things like that. You know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to get into that one, but and, I know yeah, what you're saying. And, you know, the laws are, are fine and dandy, just like you said, but the people who are, you know, are, there are people that are just not going to follow them just because they don't want to, you know? And unfortunately, those people are the people that they should be targeting, and it, there's no easy way to do it. And punish, punishing us folks who fly model aircraft uh, is not, in my opinion, the way to go about it. Obviously, I'm jaded because, you know, I want to keep flying my model airplanes. I don't want yeah. somebody telling me I can't or I have to do it, but now it's going to cost me four times as much, and I can only do it, you know, at this location during these hours and, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. So I don't, and unfortunately, that's not the direction the hobby is going. That's the direction that the hobby is being forced, and I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. We wanted to be able to, uh, you know, continue on for generations still, you know, yeah, I, I, I want to be able to keep coming back to this. I don't want right. it to be something to where I finally just give up and say, well, you know what? It's gotten regulated so much. It's not even worth doing. Um, because that would be a, a very, I, I think, detrimental thing to happen to people. I mean, it's, it, it would be sad because I mean, if you, if you really dig in and, and kind of look at the history of, of, of you know, model airplanes and model aircraft. It goes back a long time. It's a piece of Americana, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean. Sure. So it's it's almost, I don't know, it's, it's just a shame, or it would be a shame to see the government get involved and make that go away, which is essentially yep. if they have their way, that's exactly, I believe, in my heart that that's, what will happen if things are allowed to continue at the, I don't want to say pace, but um, if the feds have their way. And I shouldn't say that because <laughs> I'm a federal employee, right? <laughs> yeah. So, but, you know, there's, you know, choose your battles, I guess, and choose a different battle. <laughs> That's what I'm getting Well, at. choose the right battle. Right. I think, you know, uh, a blanket statement, uh, an umbrella uh, situation is not one that needs to be applied at this at this level, I don't think. Because yeah. you're right. I mean, it's it's going to affect the people that are already doing things the correct way, that are already flying where they're supposed to be flying, that are already following the rules. Like uh, us. It's not gonna, <laughs> yeah, it's not going to affect the person that goes and spends $1,000 on a quadcopter and wants to go fly a mile away from them and see what they can see. Yeah. I mean, that's unfortunately not going to solve that problem. Yeah. And, but and unfortunately, I, I, you know, that's reality. That's, you know, people are doing exactly that. Yeah. And I, I don't know the correct answer to it. You know, I don't know if you can like get any kind of jamming equipment or anything like that or, or shoot nets at them to, to bring them down. But that, that would be my solution is something along those lines, you know, something that will deal with the ones that are not following the rules, but not affect the ones that are. Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know the a, right answer, and I don't know what's going to happen, but hopefully it's not the dire a, warning or the dire consequences. Crack, for sure. Yeah. So. so. Anyway, I, I didn't, yeah. didn't want to, you know, derail the conversation, but I did, you know, something about the hobby I didn't like, and that was that was all I wanted to say about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it either, but I'm I'm hoping cooler heads prevail and, and things too. don't go as badly as, as they could. Because, you know, yeah. 
I don't think this is the first time they've proposed restrictions and all that kind of stuff, and I think it hasn't passed before, if I remember right. I could be wrong. Um, and I'm hoping the same thing kind of happens now. The problem is, though, is as technology progresses, you know, these airplanes, well, not airplanes, these quadcopters and stuff, that they get so much farther, uh, you know, they advance so much farther that you can do so much more with them that you couldn't five years ago. Um you know, flight times with some of these batteries, you're getting 40 minute flights out of them and you can fly, you know, six miles away from you and, and come back on a, on a flight without ever seeing it, without ever touching the, the sticks on it. And that is the kind of stuff that, that I think needs to be taken care of. Yeah. That's just me. No, I, I agree. Um, unfortunately, you know, a, a select few are, are ruining it for the rest of us. I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> No, they are, I, and it's like I said, that guy on YouTube. That's the that's, that's a, prime a prime example, example. Yeah. of what not to do and how to ruin it for everybody else. Because you think it's cool that you can go up and be that close to a, a jet flying by you, when in actuality you could really make the jet crash and kill a bunch of people. I mean, that's that's really that's really kind of dumb, you know. If you think about it, that that's, <laughs> that's really just kind of yeah. dumb. <laughs> that's putting it mildly. <laughs> you know, that's, that's like how do you, how do you do something like that and, and not understand that, that you are potentially, I mean, you know, potentially putting lives at risk. I mean, you know, what's the difference between that and pointing a gun at them, <laughs> you know? Well, and not only that, but to the point of being so proud that you did it, that <laughs> you post it on YouTube with a music yeah. track and you know, when they're that close, you, you pause the frame so you can see how close you were to the actual airplane. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. That should be know. dealt with. I don't, I don't like dealing with, with that kind of issue on, on this podcast because I don't want to get a bunch of people emailing in or calling in or anything <laughs> like that. You know, right. they're going to yell at us, but Hey, these you know, are our that, opinions. You're entitled to your own opinion. And if you don't like our opinions, you know, <laughs> I guess we'll no, that, have to put the disclaimers. <laughs> that's true. I mean, our opinions are our own, blah, blah, blah. But uh, if it, if it's your opinion that that's a good idea to be able to do and, and fly and, and put people in, in danger and, and do things the wrong way, then your opinion is wrong. Sorry. <laughs> I mean. And that's that's saying something because you do love a good argument. Not, not argument. Um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, discussion. You're, you're, you're more into the, you like, you like discussions like that. Whereas I, I prefer to stay away from them. So <laughs> yeah, you I can do. handle those emails. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's right. Tom at rcplanelab.com. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, I, I, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to cover? Do you think we've kind of got well, it all done? Well, I don't, I don't want to end it on a bad note. So well, uh, good. Cause you got me all depressed. Okay, so um, I did want to say uh, one one thing I wanted to mention about um, you know the good. Oh, are you going to are you going to give me an extra or another airplane? <laughs> well, I mean, I've got plenty. I mean, I could probably we, we can end that way. <laughs> giving you another airplane. Okay, well, you're the you're I'll the s- Oprah of airplanes. You get an airplane, and you get an airplane. <laughs> but it's I'll just see, me. I just I'll get them. Nobody else says do. it's just me. Right. Um, <laughs> So one of the other things I enjoy in the hobby is the uh, 
is the hunt for vintage parts and accessories, right? So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, 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 you know, bought a couple of or bought engines on uh, on various uh, forums and and uh, places of purchase online and things like that recently. Oh, and I, oh hold on. I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. But speaking of that, I remember one of the last times we were talking about this. You said that you were probably just going to build. Uh, what was that? A commander or a I don't remember what airplane you said. You had an R sitting down there you were going to build to put these uh, the motors in for a test stand. Have you changed oh. your mind, or are you going to do that still? Well, no. I mean, I've 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 rethought it. It's an Escapade MX. It's an R. Escapade. That's right. Yeah. Um. It's a it's a mid wing um, R, and they fly really really great. Actually, I mean, I'm, you know, I like airplanes that are ARFs also. I'm not anti ARF, and this is a good one. It's made by Great Planes, and anyway. Um, so yeah, the plan was to to throw this RF together and and use it kind of as a test bed for these these engines that I'm planning on using on yeah. the Duelist. But I mm-hmm. think I've I've sort of shifted. I'm, I mean, I'm still planning on putting that airplane together, just maybe not specifically just to test engines on. Uh, so I think I'm going to build myself a test stand so that I can I can you know for repeatability. You know, uh, you know that's to, a good idea to to change an engine on an airframe. You know, it's, it's on this particular airframe. It's not. A lot of work, but it's time consuming. And by the time, you know, I get a new engine or a different engine bolted on it, it's a different day probably. And the, you know, test conditions are going to be different. Atmospheric condition, you know, they runs different in different temperatures. All that sort of Well, and then you have to go out to the field to test them too, as opposed to just going outside. Well, yeah, you can run it up on the ground. I mean, you can, you know, you can do a fair amount of, of running on the ground with, you know, testing RPM and stuff like that and getting them tuned. But it's just easier. Yeah, but then what's the what's the point if you don't fly it? Well, I mean, it'll eventually get flown. I mean, well, yeah, but it wouldn't get flown with those engines then. I mean, I assumed you meant you were going to actually use that as a test stand for all the engines you were going to test, and like spend a day out of the field and just fly it, and then change it and fly it and change it and fly it and change. Oh it no no no! And fly no, the, it and change it. The the intent was to to be able to do that here at home without going out to the field. Just. You know, either strap it down or whatever, and and do my running on the ground. That was the plan. Oh, um, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, I mean, sorry. In the That's absence my opinion. Of, an, of in the absence of an engine test stand, <laughs> which I don't currently own, um, we can make was, you one. Well, that's where I was going. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to build myself a handy dandy test stand, and then. Mounted up in my uh, Craftsman Workmate out in the garage, and and then it'll be super simple to swap out engines and and t- test them on the test stand and get them tuned in. Yeah, that's anyway, a good idea. I forgot now that you have your your handy dandy tools now that you bought. <laughs> right, exactly. I can build. Yeah, all I kinds forgot of, about that. Yeah, I yeah. can build all kinds of stuff now. Um. <laughs> anyway, getting back to what I was originally talking about. <clears throat> Sorry. The, the hunting for vintage, you know components so for me you know it's it's kind of like the challenge of 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 you know flying a you know a a really high performance airplane or whatever um i get a certain amount of uh enjoyment if you will of you know searching online or various you know uh resources online uh in this particular case for these old irvine engine parts like one of them was in need of a of a piston and sleeve because it fairly low compression and even even after running it and getting it at up to temperature still has fairly low you know compression and didn't seem to run very well it's a little difficult to start 
um, didn't respond really well to needle changes. So I, you could tell by flipping it over when it was cold that it was low on compression. So uh, ABC type motor needs a piston sleeve combination. You can't just usually can't just replace a piston and expect the compression to come back. You got to replace them as a as a match set. So scouring the internet and and trying to find these components for me is a is is kind of rewarding, especially when you find exactly what it is that you're looking for, which I did. And, uh, and then putting those components in the engine and, and now having an engine that for all intents and purposes is brand new. Um, yeah, but it's 30 plus years old. Right. So to me, that's, that's very rewarding. Now, granted, I haven't actually built anything or fabricated anything. All I did was swap out parts, but the challenge of finding those parts and then, you know, incorporating them into an old engine and bringing it back, you know, essentially from the dead, uh, to me is really, really uh, rewarding and exciting. And that's one of the things that I think uh, keeps me coming back to the hobby too. There's always a challenge to be had. Yeah, I enjoy it. Like the the engine thing, to me, that doesn't do much for me, but you're the you're the engine guy. I mean, that's, that's your thing. Oh, I love it, yeah. Um, and hey, but, different strokes for different folks. Oh, absolutely. But like the uh, um, the the telemaster that mm-hmm. you gave me that you found or found in the trash can. That's the kind <laughs> yes. of stuff that I. That's the kind of stuff that I really like because yeah, that's that's still a good airplane. Well, sure you know, it, it looked it looked terrible. You know, it needed a lot of work, which we've we've done a lot of work on it. Um, but it looks but fantastic I love, now. Oh, absolutely, and and I I love that that was brought back pretty much from the dead. You know, it was a couple hours away from going to a a, 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 a junkyard. Yeah, the land or to a, to a dump. Yeah, and so that plane is going to fly again, and and I do find that cool. You know, yeah, I, I hopefully think that's for many years too. Hopefully. Oh, it should. Yeah, I don't yeah. expect it to to have any problems. I mean, that's um, a, yeah, great flying airplane, and uh, it's very well built. I don't see any reason why it shouldn't last for years to come. Yeah. I, I really wish all this was over because I would love to get that one. I, I no. need to get that, that engine pulled off and then find something else to put on there. I've got um, it. I've got the engine. Yeah. I know, but it doesn't help me out right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to doing that. that that'll yeah. be fun to, to get that yeah. one finished. I agree. Um, and actually, speaking of Telemasters, so – uh, we had um, one of the guy texts us that uh, that listens, and and he sent in some pictures of his telemaster that he has uh, that he has done. Okay, so you you know how much I pretty much despise the the translucent uh, or tran yeah the transparent translucent whatever covering that, yes. that you like. I love it. Yes, I know you do. So I, I hate to admit it, but I think I'm kind of coming around on on that. <laughs> So the picture he sent was a I mean, telemaster. It has to, yeah, it has to be done right, right? You it it just, does, but yeah, you can't just throw it on a whole airplane and expect it to, you know, look right. If it's done right, it 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 can be really, really a beautiful thing. I think. Yeah, it, well, it can. But like on, on his, he has his setup for a night flyer, and so he's oh. got LEDs on every single wing panel or on every single wing rib on, oh, uh, you know, that's on it. Awesome. Oh, it really like. I really wish he would have texted me. Yeah, why? Why haven't I seen these pictures? Because uh, I have to figure out how to get those over to you. Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, no worries. Um, 
that that's the texts come through to me. The texts and voicemails and stuff come through to me, not you. Oh, okay. Uh, right. And I'll, I I need to get a find a way to get them over to you, and I will. Um, but I I wish we would have done all this, and he would have texted us that before I covered that airplane, because <laughs> I probably would have done it something a little bit differently. Uh, yeah. It it's absolutely gorgeous. I I love the look on his airplane. So. Uh, if you're listening, buddy, you, you did a great job on that, and you have completely changed my mind. On and I would love to, and I would love to compliment you also, but I haven't seen the pictures yet. <laughs> sorry, sorry, you can scold me later. I will but get I that taken care of. I bet it's beautiful. It absolutely is. Yeah. So yeah, um, good job. You you got me thinking now about what I can do on my other airplanes. With like transparent I have that monocoat. Yes. With transparent monocoat. You know that that little one I have that uh oh is it an edge? I don't remember what it is right now. Oh yeah, the little electric job? Yeah, the one that I hate that's got transparency on it. <laughs> yeah. You like it now? <laughs> well, not yet cuz it didn't have LEDs on it. <laughs> okay. But I'm really thinking if I can find a way to not completely destroy it and still put LEDs on it, I might be doing it on that one. So All right. he's like he's it. giving me a lot to think about. So I, okay. I, I appreciate the text on that one. You, your plane's gorgeous and, and keep up the good work. Um, I'm hoping to have something with LEDs in it before too, too long. Oh, boy. So, okay. Yeah. And I, I will get you those pictures tonight or tomorrow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, I love anyway. airplane porn. You, you could show oh, me model airplane pictures all day, every day, and I would love it. So... The more pictures yeah, you, you like, guys send us, the better. Yeah, but you like the vintage uh, airplane I do, stuff. But I mean, I like <laughs> new stuff too. I mean, because I mean, so in the in the case of the Duelist project, um, yeah, like if it's orange and seventies colors, you're all over it. <laughs> <laughs> right, but like I'm gonna need ideas for. I mean, I kind of have a general idea of how I want to cover the the uh, the Duelist. Which red, by the way, silver and black. Well, those are your colors, um, and they do <laughs> well, they do look nice together. That's um, what I'll do. Okay, all right, yeah, and it could be you know that could be a beautiful airplane in those colors. It'll be a beautiful airplane in any color. I mean, let's be honest, it's a really sexy yeah. But airframe, but now uh, now are you going to buy the covering for me too, or do I have to buy that? Well, we don't have to buy any. You've got that whole big box of of it there that uh, that I brought over when I recovered my stick and and the telemaster. I know, but I don't think you have enough red and black. Oh well, I'll see what I got here at the house. Maybe I got some more. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll have to. Maybe we'll have to use Ultra Coat because I didn't bring any Ultra Coat over. Remember? Oh, that wasn't all your stuff. That uh, those are boxes <laughs> full. I know. It's wow. an addiction. I can't help it. But no, that was just Monocoat. I have Ultra Coat here at the house, so I'll go through that. And I think I've got quite a bit of red Ultra Coat. Oh, awesome! Yeah. And I'm sorry. I think I cut you off saying something else, but I have no idea what you were saying. Me either. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess it wasn't important. My my bad. Sorry about That's that. That's okay. That's all right. Uh, you were talking about the Duelist. Oh, yeah. So um, modern airplanes have some really, really cool uh, color you know, schemes on them and designs. And I'm always yeah. looking for, for ideas uh, to incorporate on my own airplane. So if I see a color combination that I like or a or maybe a, a pattern or a design that I like, I'll, you know, I'll incorporate it. So... Uh, it's not always about you know the vintage pictures. I like I like modern pictures of of modern airplanes too. Yeah, I agree. So anything know. is better than nothing. Yeah, yeah. So if you guys are listening and you know you want to send us pictures of your airplanes, uh, 
go ahead. I'll I'll look at them. I guarantee you. <laughs> <laughs> and I promise I will forward those on to him from now on. Actually, I'll just <laughs> I'll, I'll give you yeah I'll give you access to the account. That's the easiest way to do it. Okay. So. All right, everybody. You heard it here first. Uh, you want me to tell you the, the the name and password now, or or wait till we're off air? Oh, we can wait till we're off the air. We don't want everybody on there. Oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, so I'll get that to you here. All right. So yeah, that's uh, that's that's kind of all I I have. I think um, I think I've sufficiently um, told everybody why why I uh, you know sufficiently detailed why I keep coming back to the hobby. When are you going to be building your uh, your test stand? By the way, that's a good question. Um, you know, my next day off is maybe Sunday. Um, and then, you know, because I'm only getting one day off a week, I'm, I'm not sure what I'll actually get accomplished on Sunday. Cause I also have to do my other hobby, you know, um, running, I run in case anybody's wondering. Um, so yeah, I don't run. So I have that much time <laughs> that I don't have to worry about. <laughs> so, so there, so there'd be that plus all the stuff I didn't, I wasn't able to get done during the week you know, when I was working. Yeah. So um, I, I would like to say that I would I would try to start, you know, kind of laying out the design tomorrow night since I don't have anything planned after work um, and maybe get out into the garage and, you know, start putting some stuff together. But as much as I say I'd like to do that, I could equally say that it there's a good chance that that won't get done either. So, uh, but when well, if I it's do... something if it's something simple, you can draw up something and send it to me and I can possibly even just, design it up and cut it on the CNC machine. Okay. Uh, Maybe. I, might, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't know, I might take I don't know how much time that. you have. Um, I mean, I was just going to make something really simple out of, uh, uh, you know, some stuff that I had laying around here, just cobble it together. But, um, yeah, if I can if I can come up with something nice, I'll send, uh, <laughs> I'll send you the design. Yeah. Hell, I'm making stuff for everybody else. Might as well add you to the list. <laughs> <laughs> That that thing Having has actually been that, running. Though, you're getting you're getting more RC stuff done than I am right now. That's true, even though it's not much. But um, right, it, it's funny because that that machine has been running. I would say for the last week, probably on average four to six hours a day. That's so I'm awesome. Getting, I'm getting my use out of it. Yep. Yeah, because it sat it sat idle for quite a while there. Yeah, several months. I had to when I went out to get back on it, uh, the computer had crashed, and I had to. Uh, find another computer I had and that was a pain getting everything set back up but it's uh it's working now so that's what's I'll important say, yeah that rib was uh was was beautiful I mean it looked like I said it looked like it was very high quality so I can't wait yeah to see once it. once we get uh get your build and stuff going and I cut the ribs we'll we'll go ahead and put that a video of it cutting them on on the website too so everybody it's mesmerizing to watch that thing work it really is <laughs> <laughs> the, see, that's the that's the YouTube or the the YouTube rabbit hole I always go down is when you you see one CNC machine cutting something and yes. then it pops up another video and you just keep watching and watching and watching. Yeah, yeah I, I can I can obviously watch that all day. There's just yeah. something about it. I don't know what it is. Yep. Very peaceful. Yes. No, I agree. <laughs> I may I mean I may not be as fascinated as you, but I can I could watch that stuff for for a considerable amount of time too, just in awe yeah. of technology. Well, fascinated enough that I had to build my own. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Which is awesome. And then I, I didn't want a small one, so I had to build a big one. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. Right. That's what uh, that's what tools are for, right? 
That's right. That's my most expensive and most useful and most fun tool all in one. It's definitely useful. I mean, it has done some pretty amazing things. But uh, yeah, hey, so listen, if anybody's think, thinking about, I was going to say, if anybody's thinking about building a uh, building a CNC machine, go for it. You know, don't look back. Just do it and keep making it better, and you'll you'll be amazed how many things you can cut with it. Yeah, yeah, you've made so. some you've made some pretty you know kitchen cabinets. I mean, the list. I mean, it's a long list of stuff that you've made with that <laughs> thing. Um, yep. So I think we've uh, I think we've wasted enough of our listeners' time. Uh, that's really kind of all I had. Yeah, me too. So okay, good deal. Um, I guess until next time, I'm Ron, and I'm Tom. Good night. Good night. And we're just joking. We're not actually finished yet, even though we just said goodbye. Um, <laughs> after we finished <laughs> recording, yeah, no Psych. kidding. Uh, after we finished recording that, I went ahead and, and got the the picture sent over to Tom, and he wanted to get back on and talk about it really quick. So what do you think of those? Yeah, and that, that jogged my memory. You know, you t- he, um, a listener sent us pictures of his uh, Telemaster, which is awesome, by the way. I love the LEDs. That is uh that is the, the, the coolest use of transparent uh, monocode <laughs> or ultracode and LEDs that I've seen yet. So kudos. Right. And I bet I bet that thing is no problem to fly at night at all. Yeah. Uh, and and also the the uh, he mentioned the Robin Hood and uh, it it uh, it jogged my memory when I saw the your trimotor conversion and that is really cool too. Uh, I mean a man after my own heart, you know, kit bashing a you know an existing kit, and which is funny because I'm actually watching a, a Robin Hood kit on, I don't know, eBay, RC Groups, one of those one of those uh, sites. Uh, I've always been a fan <laughs> of the Robin Hood. I thought they all flew really neat, and the tri motor conversion is really interesting. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of toying with the idea of doing a, a, a you know a twin maybe conversion of something like that in the you know some time down the road, especially if I get this kit that I'm watching. So. Yeah, really cool. I love that uh, Telemaster. That is, that is really really slick. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Which brings me to the last thing I, I want to bring up. When you said you want to do a, a dual motor, something or another. Um, so also after we stopped recording, you told me, and you you didn't say you wanted to say it on on the podcast because you're embarrassed by it. But oh, I'm going to call you out on it. Don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, how many engines did you say you have bought in the last month? Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just give me a number. 17. 17. One, seven. That's, that's more engines than I own on all of my airplanes combined. I explained, I explained why and, and how that came to be. But um, 17. But, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to explain how that came to be so everybody else knows? Just quickly. Okay, so... Uh, one of them was a package deal. It was a really, really good deal. And in the package were a, a matched pair of OS FXs and one of them being um, reverse rotation. So perfect setup for a twin, uh, although I'm not going to use them. I'm going to use my Irvines. Uh, but eventually, <laughs> eventually, I, I really like multi-engine airplanes. Uh, so I will have another one eventually, and, and those will be either on that or on your duelist. One of the two. Um, But anyway, that's why I bought that package deal. Sorry, I bumped the mic. That's why I bought that package deal, um, because it contained those engines and other engines that I was personally interested in, and it was a really, really good deal. Um, So 
another another deal was a, with a, a package of three engines and some some other parts that came with them um, that were Irvines, uh, so fit my uh, you know my uh, requirement, if you will, for putting Irvines on my Duelist. Um, Irvine engines, you know, they haven't been produced for a while, so getting spares is is not a bad idea. And in this lot of three engines was some other parts that I could use for engines that I already own. So that was the reason for that purchase. And it's usually better to buy package deals because you get a, I mean, you just get a better deal, right? Yeah. Um, so, and then it was a couple of, you know, there was a onesie, twosie. I bought a, a an OS and a Thunder Tiger, I think it was. A, a, they're in a box. I still need to open it up and go through them. But um, <laughs> yes, it's embarrassing. Um, that's not 17. something I I know it's not something I do well ever. I mean, that's this is the first time I've ever acquired <laughs> that many engines in that short a period of time ever, um, and I don't plan on doing it anytime soon again. Um, does, but, does your wife know? Yes, she okay. absolutely knows. She's hey, if not, um, she she will know now. Well, I mean, she's seen the boxes, right? So um, it's not like <laughs> well, I can. Yeah, hide that's from true. Her. And you know she's you know joint account, so she sees everything I spend. So it's it's uh, it's not going to be a surprise. But, um, so you know, having said that, yes, seventeen engines. But um, I am set, and the forty size, the forty to forty six size is my, it's like my jam, right? That's yeah. That's the size that I prefer. Like you know, a majority of my nitro powered airplanes are powered by, you know, something in that range. Uh, so I'm fixed up for quite a while and now I have engines for, um, all of my future projects that are, you know, that are on my shelf <laughs> over here, kits, ARFs, whatever. Uh, so I won't have to pull an engine off of another, because to me, that is super annoying. I hate taking an airplane apart. To, to build another airplane. Another one. Yeah. I would just, and I get it. Yes. It's expensive. Not in this case. These were all used engines, and I got really good deals. And for all of these engines, I and I'm not going to exaggerate. You don't have to justify yourself. It's your money. You can spend whatever you want. By the way, I know, I know. But but 17 engines, I have less than probably 225 dollars in all of them. So oh, that's there. a lot better than I would have thought. Right. I and I you know I'm not you know. I don't have like a lot of money, you know, I'm not like wealthy or anything like that. But if I find a good deal and I happen to be in a position to take advantage and I was in this case, I do. And it's something yeah. that, uh, that fits my, um, my style. You know, like I said, I, these are the size of airplanes that I prefer. So, um, I'm set for a while <laughs> and now I have enough engines for at least two duelists. <laughs> oh, that's, that's the important part at this point. That may be a tri-motor See? Ford later. And, Mm-hmm. Yes, maybe a tri-motor. <laughs> so, last question, and you might not know the answer to this. Okay. How many engines do you have not on airplanes right now? Uh, so I would be estimating um, because I, I mean, I, I try to keep all my engines in one location, which I'm looking at them right now. Um, so if I apply the, you know, the scale rule, uh, <laughs> let's see, there's, uh, so I, Gosh, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> that's 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 all I want to say because I'm embarrassed. Um, <laughs> well, don't be embarrassed. It's, it's, but what's it's your number? over. It's over thirty. Wow. 
like I said, I'm I'm estimating because there's some I think in boxes here behind me on the shelf that I um, now I have some engines that are not rebuildable. Like for instance, um, I have a uh, uh, a Magnum XLS 52, I think it is, uh, that is that that will simply will not run because the piston and sleeve is just it's shot. There's no compression. Like you can turn it over with a plug in it uh, with a finger and it, you know, just over and over. Anyway. Um, so until I find uh, a piston and sleeve for that engine, that is, that engine is essentially, you know, dead, a paperweight. If you will. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm counting those in my, my large number. So <laughs> over 30 that are not sit- currently sitting on an airplane or in an airplane. That's a, that's a big number. I think yeah. I have like two or three in my box. <laughs> <laughs> it's but. yeah, it's an addiction. I get it, but you know, it is what it is. I don't, uh, you know, I don't, uh, you know, hang out at the bars. I don't, you know, I'm not a bass fisherman, so I don't spend, you know, lots of money on, you know, on the boat and all the other yeah. associated stuff that goes with it. I don't, you know, I don't smoke. I don't really drink. So, you know, yeah. whatever. No, it's, it's, it's what okay. I, I'm I'm not asking for justification. I was just curious. <laughs> well, I feel like I did have to, because it is such like when I when I say it, it's like, oh my gosh, that is a when lot I hear of it engines. out loud. <laughs> yeah, maybe one of these days I'll I'll I, I keep them fairly clean, right? So maybe mm-hmm. one of these days I'll build cool little stands and and put them out on a in a display cabinet or something because I do like just looking at them because I think they're neat looking. Maybe you should build like a spruce goose or something and, and put several of them to use. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. I think there's well, plans out there. I think Don Smith made some plans for the spruce goose. What is that? What is that? Six or eight engines? I don't remember. Uh, I you think know? the spruce goose had eight. So there you go. That takes up eight. That's still not a third of what you have. <laughs> <laughs> well, they all have to match. And now I, now I have to, you know, now you're buying internet more. search. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right, I'm done. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's so, been hey, fun. By the way, thanks thanks for sending those pictures to me. Uh, the, that Telemaster looks fantastic. Um, I can't wait to see your Telemaster re- retrofitted with LEDs and clear monocoque. Yeah, I don't think I want to do that yet because I don't want to tear all <laughs> that off. That was a lot of work recovering that. It was but a lot I'm, of monocoque. Yeah, yes, it was. Uh, I'll find another airplane. Okay. So, Sounds cool. good. And then for realsies this time, everybody, goodbye. <laughs> Yep. Good night, everybody. See ya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the RC Plane Lab podcast. For topic suggestions, to ask questions, or to give any feedback, connect with us at rcplanelab.com or email us direct at either ron at rcplanelab.com or tom at rcplanelab.com. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, may your landings be gentle.